Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Conversations with online strangers. We place ads online. Craigslist is definitely the gift that keeps on giving. Real people respond. You go to Singapore or Thailand. You can't not do it. The temptation is just too much. Real problems. Does your friend know that you're banging her? No, he has no idea. And anything goes. Motto of the show, let your Greek flag fly. Probably the only good advice I'll ever give you is to rehide your whips and chain. Here is your host, Kathy. Hey, welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast with Kathy. If you haven't followed me yet on social media, I am on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me there at Strict Anonymous. You could also DM me there after you follow me if you want to be on the show. This is a call-in show where people call in. They remain anonymous. I change everybody's voice. I make Everybody makes up a fake name, and they all tell me they're super interesting. Most of the time, very naughty lives. <laughs> so if you have a secret naughty life that you want to talk about or you have an issue or a problem and you need help. I love giving my unprofessional help. I love dissecting things and getting deep into it. If you fall under any of those categories and you want to be on this show, go on to Instagram or Twitter and DM me there at Strict Anonymous or email me strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com or go to my website, which is going to be redone this week, I think it's going to be finished. <laughs> Strictlyanonymouspodcast.com and click on Be on the Show. If you have just like a naughty little confession that you want to leave, I have a confessionals hotline that is available 24-7. You could call over there. The number is 347-420-3579. It's 347-420-3579. The number for the confessionals line as well as my Instagram and Twitter and email and all that important stuff is in the description. I'm going to get right to my guest today. This is going to be a part one and a part two because I have a couple, Sam and Erica, and I tape them separately because both of them have fascinating backstories. You're going to hear about Sam, who's calling in today, about his relationship with Erica. More from Erica. She gets into the fucking hot details about their relationship. But Sam had a very interesting backstory. So I decided to tape him separately. He's going first. You're going to hear his story, which is super interesting. He was a guy who currently is living a very open relationship with Erica. And like I said, she comes on and talks about that. But before he ever met her, he was always open and having a lot like having a lot of hot SEX. Okay. Uh, he was also a big, massive cheater. And we go into that. But he, we first start out talking about how he was a cheater, why he was a cheater. He was never really monogamous. His second wife, and we focus mostly on her, he calls her Pillow Princess. Every time he says Pillow Princess, I laugh because... <laughs> but you'll hear about Pillow Princess. She was like super interesting. You know, he met her. She was bringing girls home for him. They were having a lot of threesomes. They went on to apps and started hooking up with other couples. And then eventually they got into the lifestyle. She was always really into girls 
she made all the rules. There was a lot of non-communication going on, like the opposite. There was like no communication going on. Uh, and it caused a lot of issues in their marriage. He eventually started cheating. She was having a relationship with a unicorn. He was secretly seeing her as well as having an affair with somebody else. And then she caught him and it was all just effing messy. But Sam is here to tell you that that guy, that guy that I've talked about on my show, the bottom of the barrel cheater, like here's a guy, he's got it all. His girl let him fuck other people, but he's still going out and cheating. Can that guy change? Well, yeah, because Sam has. And we get deep into that. Like what made a guy who was always kind of a cheater, not kind of, but was always a cheater, change and have an epiphany that, you know, he wants to move on with his life, but he wants to be totally different. Now he's not in a monogamous relationship. He's just owning who he is, which is somebody who can't be monogamous. And why can't he be not be monogamous? Let me tell you, the answer is not what you think. Oh, cause he's a guy and he just needs variety. Uh-uh. Okay. <laughs> Sam, towards the end of the podcast, talks about the fact that recently he came to realize why he couldn't be monogamous. And he traced it all the way back to stuff that happened to him pre-verbal, like a really long time ago. And he's in therapy for that. But we get into that. Like what did happen to him? over the years when he was younger and forming into who he was. Like what happened that made him that non-monogamous guy? I love it. I love stuff like that. I love hearing that kind of thing. I love that he was able to put that together in his life and he's tending to that part of himself now. We talk about that. And what's great about it is it has a happy ending. I mean, he is in a non-monogamous relationship, but he everything is up front, he's having the best time with Erica. You're going to hear about that from her. Let me tell you, and I say this in the episode with him, like her episode does not disappoint. That's coming out Sunday. Okay. You're going to hear about all the naughty shit they do together. But what you're going to hear in this episode is all the naughty shit he did with Pillow Princess. You're going to like her. She's like funny. <laughs> and his whole lifestyle story, how it got messy, what he did wrong and why he did it wrong why was he acting out and all that kind of good stuff so I don't know this is like one of those kinds of episodes that I love because there's a lot of layers to it uh so I'm gonna be right back on with Sam this is the Strictly Anonymous podcast hi Sam welcome to the Strictly Anonymous podcast how are you this morning I will Kathy how are you good so listen Sam I already talked to your girl Erica and let me tell mm -hmm. you, her episode does not disappoint. <laughs> now She I'm, is an amazing woman. Yeah, and you're really lucky. You guys are going to love her episode. Um, and you guys have been playing with others and in the lifestyle from the get-go. The story of how you guys met was super interesting. I'm going to leave it to her to tell all those details. But I know mm -hmm. that you have a backstory and both of you were involved in the lifestyle before you met each other. And I know that you were as well. So why don't mm -hmm. you tell me your story? Okay. Yeah, I was in the lifestyle with my previous wife and it ran its course. We, you know, got divorced and did you get divorced because of the lifestyle or was it totally other things? It was, so, it was totally different. It yeah. was something other than that. We were, we started off, our relationship started off doing lifestyle stuff pretty early. She worked in a uh, in a nightclub and she would bring girls home from the club. 
Okay, let's and, start uh, there. Okay, let's just go. Okay. Let's get, let's. <laughs> so, and then we'll get to the point where you divorce and meet this girl, Erica, the girl of your dreams. And then we'll, then everyone's going to have to stay tuned to hear the rest of the story because she tells mm-hmm. it really well from where you guys pick up is kind of salacious. And then everything that you do afterwards is super, yep. super hot. So now I, I'm assuming this wife that you're talking about, that you're divorced from, that was your first and first wife and only wife. Was there anyone before her? I was married. Uh, I'm, I'm much older. I'm oh. much older than Erica. Yeah, I remember. Um, mm-hmm. I, I got <laughs> I got married <laughs> as a young, dumb kid going right into the military. Yeah, like most people did back then. Yeah. Right. When I was 20, 20 years old, I wasn't even old enough to buy a beer and, uh, <laughs> legally. And I was and I got married and that ran its course. I was uh, yeah, I wasn't monogamous with my first wife. I, yeah. I was stationed in Germany and uh, had had some affairs. And then we divorced once we moved back to the States. And my, my thing is, I've, I've never in my entire life, I've never been monogamous, even though I've had like committed relationships, mm-hmm. I've never been able to be monogamous and kind of the, listening to a couple of your episodes, uh, I have kind of had that dirty guy, you know, uh, or how, what is it? What do you call them? The, I don't know. The, uh, Tell me. Uh, <laughs> I've heard you, the term that you've used for the, the guys that are, uh, the really bad guys uh, that are really cheating, like, and can that yes. like the worst yeah. kind of cheater guys. Uh, yeah, sort of. That was, that was me. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always had a little something extra going somewhere, you know. Of, you know, whether it's girlfriend in high school, all the way through college and the first marriage, and even even in my second marriage with my uh, the woman that you played with. Right. Uh huh. Right. Exactly. We both were doing our own shady shit um, on the side, outside of the uh, lifestyle stuff. You know, she traveled for work. I traveled for work, and. Um, you know, she didn't do it as often as I did. I traveled, uh, quite a bit, you know, in the United States and outside the United States, you know, I had a ship in many ports. But let me ask you this, because I want to start at this relationship. So, you know, you're this non-monogamous guy. You can't be monogamous, but you're still not mm-hmm. in the lifestyle and open about it. You marry the woman that you're currently divorced from, but that you did, you were, I'm assuming you were with her for a long time and. Mm-hmm. Uh, you met her in this bar. Okay. Let's start mm-hmm. there because she starts bringing home girls and you guys are having mm-hmm. threesomes, correct? Correct. Mm-hmm. And then some of the girls, you know, then it would turn into foursomes where some of the girls were married or had boyfriends and they would come over or we had very large Halloween party one year where there were seven, seven women in my bed, all, you know, in a pile with each other. You're kidding. Um, and did you get to fuck no. them all? Wait, but did you get to like have yeah. sex with all of them? <laughs> Seven? <laughs> um, not all of them, because some of them were more soft swap. Yeah. But there was multiple of the seven girls there. I had ended up having sex with several of them. And were there guys there or was it all girls and you and your girl? No, it was it, like their husbands or boyfriends and whatnot were there. And then we had a couple of single single guy friends that were there as well. And it, you know, it was more of a, a show and tell, so to speak. <laughs> all the all the guys just kind of sat around and watched the girls uh, going at it with each other and just going down on each other and, and whatnot. And then, you know, a couple of the husbands and boyfriends we joined in the action. And uh, at least one of my single friends that I worked with, he got in on the action too. 
Good news. Strictly Anonymous Podcast is looking for people to call into the show. So if you lead an interesting, naughty secret life that you want to talk about while remaining anonymous or not anonymous, if you're out and proud, that's cool too. Send me an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. That's strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. Or go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com and click on be on the show. If you have a short confession that you want to get off your back, call my confessions hotline, 347-420-3579. That's 347-420-3579. You could call that number 24-7. I change all the voices on the confessions too, so you remain anonymous. The number, the website, and the email address will all be in the description. But let me ask you this, that Halloween party, was mm-hmm. it set up as a swingers party or was it just a regular Halloween party that turned into this kind of crazy orgy? <laughs> yeah, well, we we had a, a group of guys and girls that we hung out with and we rode motorcycles, the guys rode motorcycles together and we'd always get together on regular occasions for special events, whether it was to watch pay-per-view events or whatever and one of our friends would post and it always turned into some some form of sexual play of some sort there was usually at least one of the girls would get topless and walk around if not more than one and then a couple of the girls would end up in in the hot tub um you know playing with each other uh, just in the middle of the party it was just it was always there's always something sexual going on. It wasn't it wasn't a swingers event per se. Yeah. It was just a sexual we never called ourselves swingers. Yeah. But it was just, you know, um, you know, um a free for all. It was just a free for all, yeah. Uh, wait, so so this is before you're married. This is in when, while you're yes. dating and everything. Right. This is just while we were dating. We we weren't married at the time. So yeah, this is why I call you the worst kind of cheater because here you are. You have this girl that is mm-hmm. down for you to fuck whoever in front of her. She's bringing girls home for you guys to do together. All that kind of good mm-hmm. stuff. And you're still cheating on her too? <laughs> oh my god. Yes. So that, yeah. I I I, I was a slime ball. <laughs> <laughs> you were that guy. I, I fully admit it, and yeah. I, you know, I, I, you know, I look Erica in the face all the time, and I'm like, hey, I was a slime ball. Yeah, and mm-hmm. that, that's that's who I am. And are, you, are you still a slime ball, or are you? I, I, I am no longer a slime ball because okay. I'm not. I told, um, I told Erica that I am not going to lie, cheat in, anymore. That those days are over. Um, and that's where we are. She and I both have come to the realization that neither of us have been able to be monogamous in our past relationships, mm-hmm. and we're not going to be monogamous moving forward, and um, we're not going to hide anything from each other, and we're going to be fully open and transparent. Yeah, that's great, but I would assume that your first girlfriend would have thought that was what was going on with you guys, too, because she was letting you be with other people you know so what do you think because i think it's interesting always to hear from the guy that used to cheat Mm -hmm. but you know doesn't want to anymore what is different about you that you're sick of it was it just too much to do and it was like exhausting or you've kind of slowed down um it it does get exhausting keeping track of the lies and the and the deceit yeah um and it it feels gross sometimes it was like a conquest thing yeah you know, I, mm-hmm. I i got the hottest girl in the in the bar tonight you yeah. know it was kind of the you know 
it was always a conquest that the group that I worked with was all very alpha male oriented group. We, we trained hard, we worked hard and then we, we all played hard. Yeah. And it was kind of risky stuff that we did. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as far as the, the work that we did. So when we had time down, we, we hit it hard and we would hit the bars hard and, and it was, it was a, a thing. Like a lot of the guys were married and we weren't like hitting the same girl, but we go out and at least a couple of two or three of us would end up landing a girl from the bar that night. And, and it was, almost, it was almost like a competition. I don't want to say it was a competition, but it was a, um, a competition. You know, it was just a, a cultural thing that we did. Like a game, like a game. It was like a fucking game. Exactly. Yeah, I got right. it. I get that vibe. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people understand it. Sometimes it's not in that realm, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. this is like with you guys having a conquest. But I think that that's more common than it's not. And I think it's super self-aware of you. And I don't think you would have put that together then. But probably looking yeah. back now, you could see what was going on. And I think that that's, that's interesting to hear. Don't you think? Even for it yourself, I mean, and, and I, you know, I've, I've, you know, I've been, been doing some self-realization things, and really looking back on, uh, you know, I've got a, I've got a, a, a young son, and, you know, I wouldn't want him to emulate my life in that respect. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, he's 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 an athletic, handsome kid, and I don't want him to, to be that, that slimy. He's going to, he's going to have multiple girls. He needs to have his multiple girls and they he need they all need to be aware that he's not trying to be monogamous. Yeah, or he could no. maybe he's wired to be monogamous. I think everyone's kind of wired differently, but mm-hmm. I think that if yeah, you know the best way to be is just straight up. You it took mm-hmm. you how many marriages and how yeah. old are you now that you're ready to be monogamous? Well, not monogamous, but open about who you are. That would be more the correct statement. <laughs> Right, exactly. I think we're similar in age. I'm 54. Uh huh. The epiphany came then. Now, recently. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it came, it came more recently. That's okay. I love that. I think that that's great, and that's very real life. And I think that I have always said, once a cheater, not always a cheater, but I think that mm-hmm. people don't think that that's a true statement. But you're here to say, yeah, the last guy that called in last week that I just posted, Davis, he was. It was like kind of like once monogamous, always monogamous. No, this was a guy that was monogamous his whole fucking life. He was the opposite of you. And then he started cheating in his 50s. So many different stories out there and everyone has a different path. But I think this one is always super interesting because a lot of people do think that if some guy has a past and a history like that, he's never to be trusted. Talk about how you guys got involved in the lifestyle. You work hard, play hard. You're having all these or I call them orgies that or fun, Mm -hmm. sexy times with your friends. Do you get involved in the actual lifestyle too? Yeah, we eventually do get involved in the lifestyle. I had a friend that was in the military and his wife stayed with me for a short period of time. We were never involved with each other intimately in any way. There was no attraction there, but they were in the lifestyle. Oh, okay. And she would talk to me about it and kind of share some of their stories and things. And he did the same. He was, they had a period where they were, because of his duty assignments and, and what have you, he had to remain overseas and she came back early and for some medical reasons and stayed with me. And we ended up going out to a lifestyle club in Texas together. It was my first time ever going there. And it was just, again, I didn't get involved with anything. I was just I was watching and seeing what was going on. And then I went back to 
my then fiance and was like, Hey, there's this whole thing called a lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we're, we're we're already living it. <laughs> right. How about we give this thing a shot? And this was the early 2000s, and mm-hmm. the internet was not as prevalent as it is now. AOL chat rooms and, and what have you to, to meet people. We went that route, met some folks, got on a website together, uh, got on Cassidy together. Oh, it was around back and, then? Yeah, we were, we were some of the early ends with Cassidy. When they first um, just started. When they, when they first just started, yeah. Now, what were you guys specifically looking for? Was, did you like to see her with guys? Did you just like to see her with girls? Because I'm assuming she was into girls because she was always bringing home yeah. girls. Yeah, she, it, was more, it was more for her to hook up with girls. Uh-huh. Uh, and then a lot of times it was with guys that were being involved. And she kind of ran the room, so to speak. And it was things were really done on her terms. She was a bit of a pillow princess. And <laughs> things were always done on her terms. And... She did like her girl, girl time, and occasionally that would leave the guys out of it because she, you know, we would just be standing there watching the two of them go at it, and then we would just link back up with our with our partners and have sex, to, you know, together in the same bed or the same room. There was never any swapping, or there was sometimes there was there was no swapping because she didn't want to swap. Yeah, yeah, I get it. But so you did have some. You were mostly into the female, female, male threesomes. Now, would she right. be into you being with the woman? as well like or did were there any rules or regulations well there, there were no specific rules or regulations overall it was all on a case-by-case basis you know the way she was feeling that day and at that moment which at times could be super frustrating because <laughs> you didn't know what you were going to get into whether or not she was going to be okay with full swap or she was just wanting to soft swap or you know whatever the case may be so she would tell you, like, ahead of time, like, hey, today I'm just f- hooking up with her and you can't do anything? Or, you know what, I want to see you fuck her? Be literally in the moment. Oh, okay. And you guys never yeah. talked after the moment and, like, decided to, like, try to figure no, it out? <laughs> that no. Was, that was one of the big problems where there was no real communication yeah. going on. Yeah, um, interesting. You know, so that was always one of the one of the issues. Yeah, it's interesting that a couple that would be so open sexually with each other couldn't be open with their communication, you would think. So it would go down. She would. She was directing everything. She was the dom. Mm-hmm. You were the sub. And you just went with well, it. To some degree, I'm naturally a dominant person. But uh-huh. she just kind of ran the room. There wasn't yeah. any type of dom-sub dynamic. No, I know. I'm just I'm saying that not in a, in a BDSM way. I'm just saying it in like a way that you're like, she fucking ran the room. She was the dominant one. She was ruling. She was, you, you, you had to sit there and do whatever she said. And it was frustrating. I mean, sometimes you couldn't have sex if you, even if you wanted to, because she was like, right. uh-uh. And I don't even remember exactly how communications would, would go on. An unspoken rule. Unspoken stuff yeah, that unspoken went down. Rule. Yep. And you knew. Exactly. So you got to have sex sometimes, and sometimes you did Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it wasn't something, we weren't a lifestyle couple. We just would dabble in lifestyle stuff every once in a while. Once we moved to our, where we live now, we would go to a swingers club here in about 30 minutes away. And we'd probably do that a couple of times a year. You know, Usually, we would have already made contact with somebody on Cassidy or SLS and another couple. And we would meet them there. And we'd hang out, drink, dance. And we'd already have pre-establish what everyone's play limits were and we would just prior to going there would we rarely ever went there and just met anyone organically it was always preset prior to going in and she oh that's interesting and what did you guys look for what was she down for or as the um, couples were concerned or the women she preferred brunettes with long curly hair nice 
curvy body. She's much more full-figured now, but she was more athletically built blonde. She preferred someone that would match her physically, but with dark hair. Now, did you guys have both have the same taste? To some degree, yes, we did. I was completely fine. We never debated on, like, I don't agree. She's not, we're not going to hook up with her. If one of us was, we weren't down for taking one for the team. Part of the couple was with somebody that we weren't attracted to. You know, we would just move on. Now, I know that, like, so did the lifestyle work for you and your girl? I mean, I'm trying to figure out, because it seems like you have this one thing going on where you're in the lifestyle with your partner. She's kind of ruling everything, but you're obviously okay with it because you're not having any arguments about it. But then you're also cheating. Are those right. two things going on at the same time? Yes, they are. In, in our personal private time, things kind of really started to cool off. Almost a deathbed marriage. Where, what does that mean? Uh, uh, meaning we weren't, having, we weren't having regular sex. Oh, even uh, though this sexual couple that's out doing all this stuff, you're not, you you guys aren't having sex with each other. Not regularly. I mean, just... it's maybe a couple times a month. Uh-huh. And then, you know, then a couple of times a year, we would, we would go to the clubs. Between my work travel, young kid, young kids at home. Yep. We just, our marital bed was not, wasn't popping off very well. And I was finding gratification elsewhere with the, the cheating stuff that I was doing. So that's when you started cheating. Kids came along, yeah. sex wasn't so great there, or you were always Correct. cheating the whole time. Uh, no, it was it, in the beginning. There wasn't as much cheating because you know just didn't need to. I guess you know the opportunities obviously presented yeah, themselves. Yeah, yeah. I was still, I was still traveling as much as I was the whole time. And actually, it once the traveling slowed down, I still had opportunities here locally with some folks that I actually still have a relationship with now still presented themselves. So I, uh, I didn't, I, the, having the dead, the deathbed at home was not as big of an issue because I was getting gratification elsewhere. You didn't completely, like you didn't have, I mean, you guys obviously weren't good at communicating, so you didn't go to your girl and say, Hey, what the fuck's going on? Like you don't fuck me enough. No. You just went and did Ab- what you absolutely not. Did. Absolutely. I mean, and that was, and, I, and that was, that's a lesson learned. Yeah. You know, that's a huge lesson learned yeah. for me. Eric and I, we, we listened to your show like crazy. We listened to a couple of other podcasts as well. And we're both entering this with such wide open minds of, like, we need to communicate the shit out of everything. That's one of the things that we've learned from stuff on your podcast listening to the Submissive Next Door podcast. The, the, the communication piece are so important. And my, my ex-wife and I didn't communicate at all about the sexual stuff that we liked, didn't like. Yeah, and then if you put little kids in and the attention goes elsewhere, you start to just grow farther apart without even realizing yeah. it. Nobody's exactly. paying attention. No one's saying, no one's raising their hand and saying like, well, something's wrong here. There you go. And then now you're living two separate lives. I think it's a very common story and I think it's super interesting, this part of your life, because just like you guys listen to my episodes and you learn, I think sometimes you don't only... It's not only good to know what you want to do or who you want to be. It's also good to hear from people and say like, oh, I don't want to do that. You know what I mean? And I don't want to be like that. And you learn from other people's mistakes. You learn from your mistakes. So other people listening to this will learn as well. I think it's always important to put out both sides of the story. I'm not here to say, oh, swinging is so perfect and it's really great. But I'm also not here to say that it's it's not.
I have both stories on my show and I think it's important to show both sides. And what's great about you and your story that's so interesting is you are doing it successfully now and and you did it unsuccessfully before. So you're getting yeah, a we, second we, chance. <laughs> yeah, we, we boogered it up bad. It was really bad. It was, you know, it got really ugly. We were using, in the end, the, the swinging stuff, the lifestyle stuff became the, you know, the attempted Band-Aid on our marriage. And, and obviously, that is a recipe for disaster. Trying to use the lifestyle to fix a broken marriage is you're going to crash and burn bad <laughs> when, it, when it goes bad. How did you use it negatively? Like, how did that play out in real life? Like, what do you mean um, by that? Both got into relationships with people that we met at the time. Uh -huh. And that were that the feelings started becoming involved well and, yeah it's a relationship so it was more than sex you both started to see other people and you both knew about it that was it was part of the i knew about the her relationship and the feelings that were going on yeah she didn't know about the, the relationship that i was having where the feelings started <laughs> oh my god you know. now was she having a relationship with a woman or a man a woman okay that's important um, to know uh-huh yeah and then we, I had a relationship on, on the side with a much younger woman and feelings got involved and I got, I got caught and things got really ugly. Oy, oy, we, oy. Yeah. <laughs> but it's so, so interesting. Why? Like, it's interesting that here she was being honest with you about having a relationship, quote unquote, with somebody else, but you mm -hmm. couldn't be like, okay, I'm going to, I'm doing the same or I'm going to do the same. Well, the thing, we were both having a relationship with that same woman. Whoa, and, wait, did I just yes, miss that? Was, did you tell me a, that? Wait, wait, did you say it was the same woman? Yeah, we, we, we were all, yes, we were all in a relationship together and feelings were, were involved and but again pillow princess was running the show is <laughs> i love pillow a, i know, want her on my show <laughs> <laughs> so go on yeah <laughs> the the third call her um, the unicorn just call her the unicorn the, the, you know the unicorn and i couldn't have time alone but the two of them could have time alone. Okay. so the unicorn and i actually we had our own little side gig going if my ex was out of town Unicorn and I would we'd go out, we'd, we'd hook up. When I would leave for work sometimes, I would stop by the unicorn's house for a quickie before going to work. The unicorn was hanging out with us, and uh, my, my ex went to, say she went to the grocery store and left the two of us alone, there'd be a quickie. That would, that would, that would, that would break out. Yeah, um, naughty, naughty, yeah. naughty all Yeah, of very you. naughty. We, so we, we both super frustrated because everything was on my ex's terms. Mm -hmm. And she was, and she wasn't, she would literally just lay there on the bed, like service me. <laughs> you know? I, I mean, you got to give her fucking credit. Okay. She had her cake and ate it too for a long time. Yeah. And that was, that was the case. And at the same time, she was really letting herself go physically. You know, okay. She put on a lot of weight mm -hmm. and it was to the point where her circulation was bad to the point where she, you know, her skin was cold to the touch. And I was like, just being intimate with you is, we had a conversation about that. I was like, yeah. just, it, it's not comfortable. Yeah, yeah. You know, just even just snuggling in bed. It's like I'm touching a corpse because your body is so oh. cold. <laughs> Do you ever feel like you just want to take a break from the nonstop madness that we're all facing all the time? <laughs> Me too. I know I do. And that's why I recommend you take a listen to the Commercial Break Comedy Podcast. 
You'll hear two best friends, Brian and Chrissy, share stories about their own lives, give unprofessional advice to listeners, and discuss really absurd shit that they find online. From ghost hunters to so-called self-help gurus, pickup artists, pet psychics, and everything in between. The commercial break is consistently ranked in Apple's top 100 comedy podcasts. It has a 4.9 star rating on Apple, and it was Chartable's number one trending podcast globally. You know what that means? Like all over the world, three times in the past year. And that's because it's a great effing podcast. The commercial break has new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on all podcast players and full episodes and daily clips available on the YouTube channel at youtube.com slash the commercial break. Or you could visit tcbpodcast.com for more info. That's tcbpodcast.com. So go ahead, take a listen to my new paid friends on the commercial break anywhere you listen to podcasts or visit tcbpodcast.com. Thanks for sponsoring this episode. Is she still alive? <laughs> and she may be pre-diabetic now, but she is still alive. But, okay. Uh, <laughs> Wait, so how did so how long did were you guys into this unicorn thing? It was, it went on about a year or so. And how did she catch you guys? Well, she didn't she didn't catch me with the unicorn. She knew she caught me with the younger girl that I was that I was seeing. That All right. Work. Okay. So when you told me about the younger girl, that wasn't the unicorn, that was another person. No, that, but she was having her relationship though was with the unicorn? Yes, exactly. Okay. So that's why I was confused back then because there was two people, the girl that you were cheating with, but you were also yes. with her girl. Okay. Oh my gosh. So, Correct. Yeah, it's interesting. Correct. I like stories with a lot of players, but I just want to keep it straight so that uh, I, I'm a little <laughs> confused. So you're you are you were also doing very naughty things and cheating with her relationship girl, but you then started a relationship with the girl that you were another girl that you were seeing on the side, and that's the girl Correct. she busted you with. Now, how did she find out about that girl? She grabbed my phone. She I normally kept my phone locked. And for whatever reason, I don't know if she saw my password or whatever, but she was able to get into my phone and found the text messages. So she obviously was distrustful of you. Yes. And, and why? I mean, was that always the case? Was she always like thinking you were doing something or was it because you were obvious about this one and being sloppy? I probably had gotten sloppy just because of I kind of felt justified in doing it because yeah, of yeah, yeah. their ongoing relationship. And it was it was very public and it was Oh really? Like my ex my, my, my ex would go on work trips and she would invite the unicorn to go on a work trip with her. Oh right. So she yeah. was like Polly. And, I mean she had another total relationship going right. on. Right. We were yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. We were we were like a throuple. Uh huh. Now, did she know was... that? Were you allowed? Sorry, I cut you off. Were you allowed to hook up with the unicorn in front of her? Yes. Okay. Well, sometimes. Okay. If she was okay with it. Uh huh. <laughs> right. And that was the frustrating part. Is like, but the unicorn and I, we were we were communicating our frustrations with each other. We couldn't unless Pillow Princess blessed off on it. We couldn't <laughs> hook up. Yeah, she, you guys, she was the puppeteer, and you guys were the puppets. Right. You know, and it was super frustrating. I was at work, and I had a, you know, I had just my early forties, I think. Yeah. And I had a much younger girl in her twenties who was a former collegiate athlete that just started firing on me both with hard. 
And here I am, 40-something years old. I got a 28-year-old. Hot girl. Ridiculously hot girl, you know, that is coming at me. And I'm just like, I am all in (laughs) with this. Yeah. And I was, you know, I was really sloppy with it because it was was really hot. And the sex was amazing. I taught her to squirt. And she was, you know, it was, we'd go three or four rounds at a time uh, without stopping. Didn't you teach your girl to squirt too, Erica? Wasn't she you were the first one with her? What are are you, a squirting master? I I have had several women that are the first time they've ever squirted it was with me. How come? Is your dick bent or is it you you do it with your fingers? It's it's with my fingers usually to begin with. Yeah. But but then once, once they get over the women, you know, like with Erica, she got over that hump of the mental hump of, Feeling what it felt like to pee, yeah, um, to squirt, yeah. Now she can do it riding my face. She can do it on my cock. She can, you know, and she is a very prolific squirter now. And it's yeah, we have this whole moisture mitigation thing we have to put down every time we're uh, we're having sex if we know it's going to go that get that that hot and heavy. But this girl from your work, the young girl, you taught her how to squirt. You guys are now. Mm-hmm. How long were you banging her on the DL before you got busted? Less than a year, probably six to eight months. And then, so your girl, obviously you're being sloppy. It does your girl, does mm-hmm. your pillow princess start questioning you and you're just like lying? Yeah, pretty much. So she thinks something's going down. Yes. And you're like, no. Yeah, exactly. I had some work in town and she wanted to come to my, my hotel room while I was doing some work in town. She never, ever would do. Cause I would, you know, I was always regularly staying at a hotel you know, like 30 miles away, but I had to, because of my work assignment, had to stay in a particular hotel. And she would never try to come and visit me just to even have, you know, nasty hotel sex. And, but she started at that point, started trying to come and visit me in in my hotel and and what have you. And, you know, trying to get room, room number information, which again, she never did before. So she started to feel like something's going on here. She didn't know what it was, but she knew. I think women Mm -hmm. have that intuition for sure. And I, again, I was, I was being, I was being very sloppy. Yeah. And at that point I was like, you know, I really didn't care. Yeah. It's like sabotage. Right. It was almost like I wanted to get caught. Totally. There's absolutely. A whole, yeah. There, there's a whole psychological dynamic that I've, I've come to learn about that I've started to do some, some therapy and stuff on that there, there's some underlying hardwiring that that's causing that self-sabotage. Uh, yeah. Subconscious life. stuff. Yeah. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I yeah. love that you're tending to it. Yeah, we can talk about that off air if you want, but it's a little too personal to... No, that's okay. You don't have to go there if you don't want to, but I love that you are going there. You know, that's important, and I think it's great that... It doesn't matter. I always say this. I don't care how old you are. As long as you're alive, you could grow and change, and I really believe that that's what life's about. So I think it's great that at some point you were like, something's fucking wrong here. I don't know what how it, it played out, but that you went and sought help, and you are now understanding where this kind of mm-hmm. stuff comes from because it do- always does come from somewhere, and I think the subconscious – shit that goes down it's rules our lives and you don't know it and you don't you do it without it's not like and i think that a lot of people look at people that act out and do bad things they think that they're consciously doing something manipulative and a lot of times it's like it's you're on fucking autopilot with this subconscious bullshit and it's really hard to get in there and unwire that kind of stuff you need help because like i said you're doing it without even knowing 
but you are doing it. It doesn't even matter that you know that you are. You still can't stop. You will act and sabotage before you could think shape because it's it's a it's subconscious. It's not it. You can't really get get to it. I've had stuff like that my whole life, and it's really hard to undo that. But it's doable, and it's really important, and it could change. It changes your life. And I mean, I could get into it just a little bit. Maybe maybe edit some of it out. But no, I'm not going to edit it out. I love this kind of stuff. But it's a part (laughs) of the story. Why would I edit it out? You know, I, I had some pretty significant pre-verbal trauma. Uh-huh. My mother passed away when I when I was extremely young, oh. and so my formative years, my you know my toddler years, yeah, my mother was just gone. Oh my God, and, yeah, you know, major. Had, so, and then once I was uh, like a teenager, a, a young teenager, my dad had remarried uh, yeah. later. You know, probably when I was nine years old or so. Uh-huh. So from you know very young age to about nine, my uh, my dad was a single single father. And hard, you know, hard working man and things of no maternal connection there. And then he remarried when I was, you know, preteen. Their marriage only lasted about four or five years and was on a school trip, came back from the school trip. And I was a, a freshman or sophomore year in high school, very young teenager. I come back and she's moved out. Another person no explanation. just gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Boom. Yeah, just yeah, gone. yeah, yeah. That's hardcore. And, no, yeah. and this was early 80s. And so, you know, there's no cell phones, there's, you know, there's, there's no ability to stay connected with the only mother I'd ever known. So yeah. she's now she's gone as you know, her in my early adolescence. Now, boom, I got another ripped out of my, my uh, life. Yeah. So, and I didn't realize any of that, how any of that affected me until I was actually doing marriage counseling with my fellow princess. Yeah. And we're in our individual part of the sessions and she kind of went down this path with me and she's like, Oh my God. And she's like, I bet you've never, you know, she's like, I bet you've never been monogamous with any person in your entire life. And I was like, and I kind of sat there for a minute and I was like, it's like, no, I haven't <laughs> really. Yeah. And, and she started going down this path of, you know, talking about all the things with pre-verbal trauma and all this other stuff. And, and I, you know, it was a very emotional uh, hit for me right there. And it was, but I had no idea what any of that had done how that had set me up throughout my life and looking back on it, you know, after that session, I, it's, it's been one of those things where I'm doing some reading and those kind of things to to start to kind of fix that wiring or learn how to deal with the wiring. Cause the wiring is it's ingrained at this point. It's just, I, I can't, change it yeah but maybe you could work with it it. yeah Yeah. for sure and i think that one of those things is like maybe you're just going to be wired to be quote-unquote non-monogamous and it's so powerful because it was really in your formative years if you can't get away from that and you life is short but you you know own it and and you control it instead of letting it control you and that's what i think you are doing now in this relationship I've never been one to try to make excuses for people, you know, for behaviors. I'm very big on personal responsibility. Yeah. And if you screw something up, you own it. Yeah. You know, you take that extreme ownership. You look at it and you're like, you I know, fucked up. I fucked up. Yeah. And I fucked up. I'm sorry. I won't do it again. Or I'll try not to do it again. Yeah. So very really big on that the undercurrent of the deceit and, and everything that I was doing for so many years really eats at me. And I look back on it. I'm like, well, I'm one of those, Kathy would call one of those fucking slime balls, <laughs> genie slime balls. That, but, uh, that, but there's a but, 
but it comes from somewhere. There's something that Mm -hmm. went on that made you that way. And I totally believe that more than anything. Most people, unless you're like Jeffrey Dahmer, I definitely believe that some people are born wired improperly from the get go. Mm -hmm. I don't know that Jeffrey Dahmer had anything done to him to make him a fucking psychotic serial killer. Like those are just bad seeds. But most people that are walking around fucked up doing fucked up things, even the biggest narcissists that have no empathy and they're total scumbags. There's a reason for it. I feel for people because of that, because I always believe that this shit comes from somewhere. And I think it's great, especially as a man, because I think a lot of men don't ever want to look at themselves or they like you they would think it might be looked at in the the same way that it is for women to be more vulnerable or to instead of just right. being like fucking man up you did it take accountability right. move on yeah. you know that exactly. you, you right that you're going there and you're like no maybe there's a little bit something more to it and maybe you could give yourself a fucking break and understand it and unwire yourself and change and grow from it the community that, I'm, that i come from the mental health stuff is just now starting to be looked at in a more positive light yeah it was always if you're going to talk to the doc you're going to talk to the shrink or you're going to you're weak yeah man up put your gear back on get back in the fight that was you know that was always our you know the the mentality now it's like hey maybe we need to maybe we need to take a you know take a knee and go check in with the doc and you know get your head head examined a little bit yeah because you could have the next 30 years of a life completely totally different Mm mm-hmm And look, doing the work that you've already done, had you attract somebody who is at a different place? You know, I always believe like attracts like. So, you know, Pillow Princess had her issues, but so did you. And that's why you guys met each other. But after that failed and you started to look at yourself and be more self-aware and say, hey, like, what's wrong with me? Why did I do this? And be more honest with yourself and communicate better with yourself. Now you're able Mm -hmm. to meet somebody who matches that. You weren't being honest with yourself before. That's why you couldn't be honest with anybody else. It really goes that deep, I think, for sure. So I love we wound up here because it's so important (laughs) to know that this is a part of that story. The scumbag guy, the worst of the worst (laughs) cheater. Worst of the worst. Yeah. But I know those kind of people and I know that they have issues and it comes from somewhere. And I love nothing better than when one of my guy friends is like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go to therapy. Finally, like a lot of times it's way later, but who Uh cares? Because it really does make a difference. How long have you been in therapy? I'm just getting started. That's great. That right. was what we had to we had to work around this little scheduling thing this morning, and the, the my ten o'clock was actually a, a appointment with yeah with yeah with your therapist. therapist. So. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, but ma- what made you want to do that after so long? Like, what what do you think was going on that you were like, hey, I want to go have some help because you're with a girl now. You got divorced. You're with a mm-hmm. great girl. You're living your best mm-hmm. life with fucking her. And people right. are going to hear about that one, her episode, <laughs> which I'm going to air on Sunday. But what, uh-huh. what do you think, what in you change that you were like, Oh, I want to go get some help. A lot of it. It's, it's her. Uh, she's very big on therapy and she, she comes from that community. She's big on personal growth in herself. And she does, you know, her, she's got a regular therapist that she sees and, and talks to and encouragement from her to do that, to, yeah. uh, to explore that. And I think there's never a mistake. I think that 
as much as you could say, yeah, it was all her, some part of you was ready for sure. And that's why you attracted her. What I remember about her and I think is so great is that it's what she goes to school for. She eventually wants to be a sex therapist. And when they fucking hear her, they'll understand why (laughs) she should be one. No, it's not just because she's super hot and does like really hot things and everyone's going to be like drooling over her episode. She's actually a really smart girl and she does really, yeah, she really does look deep into things. And I think it's great that she wants to go down that route. I think who better than for you to pair up with at a time in your life where you're ready to make changes in your life. And I think that that was going on with you before you met her. That's why you attracted her into your life. People are mirrors for us. They're either somebody, sometimes the mirror is you're looking into it and you're saying, Oh, I drew you into my life because I don't want to be like you. And sometimes the mirror is, oh, I drew you into my life because I want to be more like you. But people are always reflecting something about you and where you're at, the people in your life. She was like, oh, I want to be more like that. You're ready to be better. She's a brilliant person. She has so so many friends that just gravitate to her and her ability to listen to people and and take in their you know, whatever issue it might be and just listen to them and, and, uh, and help them work through it. it yeah. It's, it's amazing listening to her ability to, you know, whether it be parenting or dealing with friends that are in crisis or what have you, her ability to, to work through those issues at different levels of understanding is incredible. The youngest children to teenage children to uh, adults and her ability to, to shift gears in a matter of moments. It's like, I don't know how she does it. (laughs) Yeah, she's got a really interesting backstory. The way Mm -hmm. you met was interesting, scandalous. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, very scandalous. She's got a lot of fucking kids. She has an interesting backstory. I Uh love, listen, I feel like you probably were ready for a very different conversation. I never know where my conversations with people are going to go. That's what I've, I've heard that on numerous episodes where you start down one path. And then all of a sudden you're, you end up in a completely different place. But you know how I look at it? Like if I had to create a visual for what I do for my show is like, I look at each person as a blank canvas and I'm painting a picture and I never know what the picture is going to wind up to be. Sometimes it's exactly what I imagined in my head. Sometimes it's something totally different, but I always love the finished product and and times like this where I get on a call with somebody like you, Sam, and I think it's going to be all about one thing, but then there was all these other layers and it becomes something totally different. I fucking love it. To me, I'm like, holy (laughs) shit. I love what I just painted. I love the picture that I'm going to show people because I think it's super fascinating and it's very in line with where you're fucking at. Your girl's going to love it. My listeners are going to like it. I love drawing people in. Like, I don't feel like I bait and switch people. I give people hot fucking stories, but I love that I always include this kind of stuff because Mm -hmm. that is really important. I'm a fucking realist, okay? I love real <laughs> we shit. We definitely love your show. It's, it's real. It's it's raw. Going back to listen to some of the earlier earlier yeah. episodes where yeah. the production quality wasn't as good. Yeah, yeah. But, it, <laughs> but and you had a co-host for a while. Yeah. And it's amazing. You know, we're the, the gang the gangbang stories are always a fan favorite. <laughs> oh, us. not just with you, with a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the faves that everyone 
effing loves it. Uh, but I mm-hmm. love that I draw people in with those kinds of stories. But a lot of times there's other kinds of stuff that people, I think, learn from. And I don't think that maybe it happens. Every person is tuning in for that. Maybe they're turning in to get a boner. But I think every now and then people really listen and learn from my callers. And that's what I love. I love that mm-hmm. more than anything. So right. I, I'm so glad that the conversation went to all this stuff. I know that it wasn't <laughs> maybe you weren't prepared. You didn't think it was going to go this way, but I love it. And I love that we did. And people are going to tune in to your girl Erica's episode to hear <laughs> where pillow princess ended and, she came in and the shit that you guys have been doing, like I said, her episode does not disappoint. <laughs> People will love it. She's very yeah. open-minded. You guys are living your best life. but yeah, it's, it, it's incredible. I mean, I, here I am, 54 years old. I've got this incredibly hot, brilliant girl that is just DTF anytime, anywhere. Yeah. And it is it's an amazing, amazing dynamic that we have. The chemistry is off the charts. We can't get enough of each other. She's sitting by her phone right now, I'm sure, waiting for me to call at the end of this episode or end of our taping to, yeah. to, uh, just to reconnect. Yeah, I love that. I know. And I th- I hope she enjoys this episode. I think because she has her psychology background, she'll like the way it goes, too, because I love mm-hmm. this kind of stuff. I love things with layers and I love your story because it does have an a- happy ending. When mm-hmm. You are going you have completely changed your life and that that is major to me that shift in a guy that is was the guy that like couldn't be trusted if you fucking paid him now he's like completely wanting to be the total opposite i think that that's a great story and it does exist and i love that that's your story because that's that is a big shift and a big change Mm -hmm. it's not easy but it can happen yeah it's it is difficult yeah (laughs) it is To completely look at yourself and to go back and all that stuff that you went through. But it's doable. And it's to me, it's like what we're here for. And you only live Mm -hmm. once. So carpe fucking diem. Like you have been living like your best life in a lot of ways with all these orgies and everything that you're having. But you're still doing that. But you're now you're going to be doing it with all like no darkness, all in the light, all for the good. And I think that that's a way better thing. No guilt. It's going to be easier for you. Because you're not going to have to look back. The only people I'm keeping secrets from is our our kids and some of our more vanilla friends. But that's all to be expected. Who tells their kids? Vanilla people don't tell their kids about their sex life. I hate when people act like, oh, what about their kids? It's like even vanilla people. I don't want to know what my vanilla parents were doing in their bedroom. I've heard you say that many times before. That's an interesting perspective. Like no one, you know, vanilla, you know. Parents don't be like, all right, me and your mom going to go bang now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we mother really likes it doggy style and she gives good head. Nobody tells their kids that. So why do you tell your kids if you're swinging? I mean, everyone's sex life is typically private and personal. And mm-hmm. let me tell you, your kids don't want to hear it, any of it. There's no, <laughs> nothing not. grosser or weird, right? I mean, come on. So, yeah, yeah you don't exactly. need to tell your kids. But anyway, thank you so much for calling in and telling me and all my listeners. It's going to be a great episode. It's going up this Wednesday. You're going to love, love it. it. And then everyone's going to hear from Erica. So you guys are going to hear both your episodes in the next week. So thanks so much. Great. Thank you. Thanks, Sam. Bye. Bye. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. If you want to follow the show, follow me at Strict Anonymous on Instagram or Twitter. That's at Strict Anonymous. 
If you are on YouTube, make sure to subscribe. I love YouTube as a platform for my show because people comment there and I try to reply back to every single person who posts a comment. So even if you're not listening on YouTube and you want to talk about the show, go to my YouTube channel, subscribe, like, and share my videos. It's Strictly Anonymous Podcast. If you want to sign up for my Patreon, on my Patreon, you are not only supporting my show, but you will get these episodes early, ad-free, and you get to see anonymous pics of my guests. Most of the girls send in anonymous pics and some of the guys send in anonymous pics. So if you want to see anonymous pics of my guests as well as support my show and get these episodes early and ad-free, sign up for my Patreon, patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast. That's patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast. The link is also in the description below. Thanks so much for listening. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is Strictly Anonymous. Strictly Anonymous.